Right, the reading is part of the story of Esther. Reading from the book of Esther, chapter 4, starting at verse 9. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the golden scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Thank you, Dot, very much indeed. So Esther had a very challenging task to complete, but she was God's person at that time. And today, I believe, is God's time for you and for me, a moment of opportunity, a time for renewed commitment, a time to be all in as followers of Jesus Christ and to experience God's power and his presence in our lives today. That as we welcome Deanna as our youth specialist, and we've said quite a lot of that already, as this is a moment of commitment for Deanna, so it is also a moment of commitment for all of us. In our overall theme of Hope 2018, we're moving on to some of the characters in the Bible who illustrate people of hope. We're called to be people of hope in the world today. And we have some fascinating examples in Scripture of those who are true people of hope. Last week, Evan spoke about Job, and I'm looking forward to catching up on that talk when I have time. But today we're looking at Esther, someone who's not so well known as some of the other Bible characters. This story comes at a time in Israel's history, which we call the exile, after the exile, after the time when the people of Israel had been taken into Babylon in captivity, and for 70 years they lived there. And then some of them were able to return to Jerusalem, but many remained in what was then the Persian Empire. And that is the setting for this story of Esther. There was a real threat that they would all be killed. Esther was the person God used to save the nation. Now, very quickly, I want to touch on a number of little aspects of Esther's story, but then especially bring us to that moment where Esther was God's person at God's time. But let's also recognize from this story, first, that Esther was a woman. 
There are many examples in the Bible of God using women in special ways. Next week, Peter Close will be speaking about Ruth and Orpah, those who were very important in the purposes of God in an earlier period of Israel's history. There are many other examples in both Old and New Testaments where women had key roles to play in the fulfillment of God's purposes. And I'm delighted that here we have a mixed gender leadership team. We have Martin and Jackie and myself and Deanna. And look forward to what each person is able to bring to our work together. And I want to say to you that whatever your gender, whatever your background, whatever your circumstances, whoever you are, whatever your situation, God has a place for you in his kingdom and a vital role for you to fulfill. Esther could have said, no, there's no way that God is going to use me. I'm a woman in a culture, of course, at that time where the focus was very much on men. But Esther didn't say that. She was prepared to be used by God. There are other things that we might say. God's not going to use me because I am whatever you might put there. It doesn't matter. God wants to use you as he wants to use me. Secondly, we notice that Esther was deeply involved in her local community. She was, after all, the queen of Persia. You can't be much deeper involved in your community than that. She could have stepped back and said, no, I'm not going to be one of those who the king might choose to be queen because I'm a Jew. So I'm not going to be part of this. She could have stepped back, but no, she was part of that process. And God meant her to be the queen of Persia. Like Joseph, who was given a strategic role in the court of Pharaoh in Egypt. Like Daniel, who was appointed to a key leadership position in Babylon. Many similar examples in scripture. Servants of God who have deep involvement in the communities where they were living. Some of you may remember Matt Wilson. Matt was at one time a lead of BMS action teams, the gap year program. He was very much involved in the teaching that take took place at uh, the IMC Mission Center just up the road in Selly Oak, and now in local church leadership. He spoke at our church weekend a few years ago. Matt's always one who's been keen on sport, and it was announced this week that Matt has been appointed as chairman of his local football club. What a fantastic opportunity for a church leader in Bourneville to also be chair of the local football club. I think it's brilliant. Very, very exciting. For us here, Kairos, Tuesdays, toddler groups, crossroads, family support center, all part of our community involvement. But I wonder how well do we really know the place in which we are set. Hope 2018 is helping. But we are part of a local retail community. We're part of a local residential community. There is a new community emerging around us with lots of new housing. And I sense that we know some, but not much, about our neighbors here. And there's a huge opportunity for us to become more community involved. Just like Esther, who is the queen of Persia, deeply involved in the life of the people 
where she was living. Shirdi is changing all the time. I'd love to see us strengthening our links. It was great to hear of the impact of the cakes to the schools that Martin and Jackie were doing just last week. And uh, many other things like that that will strengthen our links with schools, with local retailers in Shirley, with local residents in Shirley, to be deeply involved in this community as servants of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, Esther took a big risk. It was risky for anyone to initiate a conversation with the king, even if you're queen. But the risk in the story of Esther was so clear, both from the video presentation and from our reading. She simply said, if I die, I die. She was prepared to risk her life by initiating a conversation with the king in order to rescue her own people. Now, in general, it would be true to say that churches are risk-averse communities. We don't jump into risky things. Indeed, we have to have and maintain a risk register which catalogues everything we do and all the risk that might be attached to it in case we can't do it or in case something goes wrong. There's a kind of risk-averse mentality. Now, that task is actually a very important one and a very valuable process. But on its own, it will not create the boldness of vision and the sense of adventure and mission. So it needs to be balanced with creative thinking. How is God calling us to reach this community? What risks is God calling us to take in order to be more effective for Jesus Christ? We have this message of hope, hope that makes all the difference in each person's life. How is that to be experienced in the next generation? How can we help people to grow in faith, hope, and love as lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. Scripture suggests that God's kingdom is a risky business. Jesus himself went against the flow time and time again in order to demonstrate the, king, the presence of the kingdom of God. The leaders of the early church took risks. We need to step out with boldness, courage and faith in God's work today. And that brings me to the most important message from Esther, which is that she grasped this moment of opportunity. It was God's opportunity to rescue the Jews who were threatened with destruction, and Esther was in the right place at the right time with the right people to carry out the purposes of God. And I sense that today is one of those God-given moments of opportunity that we really need to grasp. For those of you who've been part of the church congregation for a number of years, you might follow me in this sense of journey. This coming November, four months time, it will be five years since we opened this new section of our building. It is already over four years since Kairos was opened. As a church, it was nearly three years ago that we made the commitment to build a ministry team that included a full-time role focusing on youth, a full-time role focusing on families and children, and a full-time general ministry role. And today, we see that fulfilled. Through the other transitions that have happened in the last little while, it's taken us longer. But here we are, 
with those posts filled. And I have a real sense of excitement as Deanna joins us and look forward very much to what is in front of us now. Today is a big moment of opportunity for each one of you. Don't just apply the story of Esther to the church, but keep yourself distanced from it. You're part of the church. Don't just apply the story of Esther to Deanna because she has a new responsibility and a new opportunity and say, oh yeah, that's a good story for Deanna. It's for you. It's for me. God has brought you to this place at this time so that you too can be part of the risk-taking adventure of his mission in the world today. All of us have a place, whatever gender or background, all of us need to be connected to our local community. All of us need to be engaged in the great task of Christian mission of bringing God's hope into a world that is hurting. I wonder what is the particular task that God is calling you to do today? In what sense have you been brought to such a time as this? Not a time to step back, not a time to step aside, but a time to step forward in the kingdom of God. And maybe for some that will mean a first-time commitment to Jesus Christ because you're relatively new to Christian thinking and are just coming to the place where you are saying, yes, Lord, I believe that you died for me and that I'm trusting you as my saviour and friend. It may be a renewed commitment to follow Jesus now. It may be that you've known these things, but somehow your life has drifted away from what God is saying to you and doing among you. And you need a renewed commitment to follow Jesus. It may be a particular offering of gifts, of time, of love. It may be that there's some part of our existing activities where you could become more involved. Wasn't it great to see so many people gathering up the front around Deanna? People who in one way or another are involved in the activities amongst young people. And if we were doing that with children, we would have a similar number of people gathering around uh, the front. And if we were doing it with adults, uh, again, there would be a similar number of people. And that's exactly how it should be, because we all need to be involved. And God may be calling you to take a deeper involvement alongside Diana in the work with young people, alongside Martin and Jackie in the work with children and families, alongside those who are working particularly amongst the adults in our community. Maybe there's a new challenge that God is calling you to take up at this time. Maybe it's a challenge of Christian mission that involves you where you work. Because our workplace is as much our mission field as anything that is kind of revolving around this building or the activities of the church's program. Our whole life is our mission. And God is calling you to grasp this moment of opportunity. In our Christian understanding of hope, the past... The present and the future are all important. Past is important because our hope is founded in Jesus himself, in his death and resurrection. The future is important because of all that God has yet to do in this world when Jesus returns. But the present time is essential too. God's moment of opportunity to be committed to Christ, eager to serve him and to live lives 
that are full of hope. Now is the time to put aside unbelief, to lay down those things that are not pleasing to God, to move away from any kind of lukewarm, half-hearted faith and step out with commitment to live and serve the Lord who loves you beyond measure and who is the hope of the world. And so we're going to take a few moments to respond this morning to what God is saying and to grasp this moment of opportunity. In front of me here is the cross, and on the table here are some stones. I haven't counted them, but uh, I'm confident that they're enough for everyone. But I don't want you to feel that you have to come and do this. This would be an action that you choose to do if you wish to do so, which is to come and to take a stone, let it represent your life. And simply to say, before God, I'm taking this moment of opportunity to ask God that my life might be part of his purpose at this time and place my stone at the foot of the cross. I'm going to ask the band to just come back into the corner and then we're going to play what is a very short media file that will just draw us towards that sense of commitment. And then as, as the band lead us in the song, I will offer up my life in spirit and in truth, we can sing. And while we sing, I invite you to come and to take a stone. I'm sure there are many of you who will do this because you want to grasp this moment of opportunity just to take a stone and to say to the Lord, I will offer up my life in spirit and in truth. I will pour out my life as an offering for this time, for Jesus' sake.